It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What up, Cavs Nation? I'm your host, Ethan Sands, and I'm back with another episode of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I'm joined by your favorite beat reporter, Chris Fedor. Before we get into the sports stuff, Chris, did you get to go to a pizza spot with everything going on today? (laughs) I did, yeah. I actually got a text message from one member of the Cavs front office probably around 1 o'clock shortly after my train came in from Washington, D.C., and the text message read, all quiet here, go get some pizza. So, you know, members of the front office know that I love me some New York pizza. They gave me a heads up that they probably weren't going to be doing anything in the next hour or so for me to go grab some lunch. I was very appreciative of that. I ate the whole pizza myself, and then I was in a pizza coma after that. It was wonderful. The whole pizza, not a slice? Okay. What toppings you got on it? Are you just a pepperoni guy? Pepperoni and sausage, man. Okay. Okay. Keep it simple. Classic. Eight slice pepperoni and sausage. Ate it all myself. Yum. Delicious. All right, Chris. Let's get into this episode. The NBA trade deadline was today at 3 p.m. And as we had predicted, and as you were notified of a little bit early, the Cavs didn't make any moves before the deadline passed. It's the second year in a row where they haven't made any moves at the deadline. With that being said, nearly all the other teams in the Eastern Conference made moves, and the team that I think made the best acquisitions was, ironically, the New York Knicks, the same team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. With the Knicks already acquiring OG Ananobi earlier this season, they were already looking dangerous, but adding Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, helps them on the interior with Julius Randle being out for a couple of weeks, adds another ball handler, and adds some depth to their bench. It's also important to note that OG is going to be reevaluated in three weeks after having surgery to remove a loose bone fragment in his right elbow. The Bucks also got a necessary defender in Patrick Beverly and traded Campaign and Robin Lopez. Lopez was actually at the Bucks game tonight reading a book. <laughs> For the record, the Knicks lost to the Mavericks tonight and the Bucks lost to the Timberwolves tonight. And the Cavs win against the Nets puts them two games ahead of the Knicks and Bucks in the Eastern Conference running. What do you think of the acquisitions made by the two teams right behind the Cavs in the Eastern Conference? Well, see, to me, it's not just the two teams behind the Cavs, Ethan. It's the fact that six of the top seven seeds in the Eastern Conference made at least one acquisition. And some of those, I think, are going to be of great benefit to those teams. 
I mean, everybody knew that the Milwaukee Bucks needed a tough, rugged, point-of-attack defender. And Patrick Beverly is going to play hard. He's going to bring energy. And I think that can be infectious for a team that sometimes has a tendency to showboat a little bit, to sleepwalk a little bit, and play with a sense of nonchalance. So I think he's going to help the Bucs. Obviously, he's not going to be you know a 30-minute-a-night kind of guy. But in his minutes, he's going to bring some things that Clearly, the Bucks have been missing. And then you keep going down the list of teams, and it's like other teams around the Cavs improved. They made at least one acquisition. And, and to me, the team that stands out is New York, obviously. Look, I, I think Boyan Bogdanovich has gotten a little bit overrated, in part because he was probably like, of the guys remaining on the trade market going into today, he was the one who was probably most likely to get moved of the bigger names since DeJounte Murray, nothing happened there. So I do think like he was coveted by other teams and he's got playoff experience and he is a bigger name, but I think he's gotten a little bit overrated during this stretch. In fact, like I think it's worth noting that 10 of the 12 teams that he's been on with him on the court have been worse defensively. And nine of the 12 teams that he's been on have been worse overall with him on the floor. Now, the beauty of him going to the Knicks from a Knicks standpoint is they don't need him to be great, right? They feel like they have their own offensive hierarchy. They feel like they have their own focal points on the offensive end. And they just need him to be a piece, a complementary piece to what they already have there. And in that particular role, where he's not going to be a high-volume scorer the way that he was in Detroit, where he could just jack as many shots as he wants, get as many touches as he wanted. I think in a complementary role for New York, given what they already have, it just makes them deeper, more talented. And if they get healthy, and that's a big if, they are going to be a brute in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Chris, and obviously we had mentioned that the Cavs didn't really want to see the Knicks in another seven-game series, even though they're playing really well, and I think this also just adds to that. Like, as well as the Cavs are playing right now, and they're playing unbelievable right now, they still would not want to see the Knicks in a seven-game series. Look, I think any team, even any playoff team, I don't care who they are, and they're not going to say this publicly. You can't project a sense of fear before something even happens, right? But like, I think any team in the NBA wants the easiest path to get an NBA championship. And if that means avoiding a team that is a very, very difficult matchup in the first round of the playoffs so that you have a better chance of getting out of the first round and maybe making a deep run throughout the playoffs, then, yeah, I think a lot of players and a lot of teams are looking at it that kind of way. They would be foolish not to. Yeah, and I honestly think we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the Bucks were the team in the running for the East, other than the 76ers, which I feel like is apparent when you lose Joel Embiid, but... The Bucks needed an upgrade as much as anyone in the league right now. Milwaukee has lost three straight games and six of their last eight games. And Damian Lillard was out tonight in their loss. And the Bucks are now 0-5 when Dame doesn't play this season. So we talk about Patrick Beverly bringing a different culture. We talk about Max Struess bringing a Miami Heat culture to the Cavs. A lot of people hate on Patrick Beverly, and I get it, and I might just be a villain liker, which I've talked about on this podcast already, but 
Patrick Beverly brings a dog mentality to everywhere he's been, to the Timberwolves, to the 76ers. Now the Bucks are hoping that he can bring it to them because it feels like they've been really passive as of late. And adding Doc Rivers, who I don't think is a very ferocious coach, doesn't seem to have been helping. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but it's a lot going on in Milwaukee right now. Well, here's the other thing when it comes to Pat Bev. He's got a relationship with Doc Rivers. He's got experience playing for Doc Rivers. So in a way, he becomes an extension of the coach. And I'm not saying that I know exactly what's going on behind the scenes in Milwaukee. But I think any time that you can add an ally, a coach's ally in your locker room, that when things aren't going as well as expected, when maybe doubt starts to creep in from players... Having a guy like that who can kind of like keep them in line, I think is an important asset. Now, look, like it all has to come together for the Bucks. The one thing we know about them is that they are incredibly talented. If they get into a seven game series, their high level talent is going to be able to shift a series. Giannis, Dame, Dame being the closer, Giannis doing what he does to impact every single possession on a night to night basis. Like, they're still going to be a tough team to beat four times in seven tries. And that's what the playoffs come down to. Like this regular season stuff doesn't matter all that much in the grand scheme of things. But like Milwaukee's got to figure some things out and they've got to build some positivity and they've got to find like a specific identity that fits their personnel, fits their character and fits their coach. So like, There's no reason for anybody in Milwaukee to panic over 33 and 19 and falling to the three seed in the Eastern Conference, because when they get to the playoffs, they could potentially be a completely different team. But having Pat Bev in there to be an ally for Doc Rivers and and let those guys know, hey, give him a little bit of time. Hey, you should trust him because of X, Y and Z. I think that's important because I think there's natural doubt that sometimes can creep in to human beings in a locker room when things aren't going as well as expected. All right. Last thing on this topic before we move on, Chris, Pat Bev broke his own news, or I should say his podcast broke his own news. What do you think about these players having podcasts, having their own voices, and also breaking their own news because they've seen it happen a couple times over the last couple of years well i hate it because you know it takes away from our importance in a way but in saying that the job that we've been put in it's not entirely about breaking news so if pat bev wants to release it on his own podcast then more power to them. Like if Jalen Brunson or Josh Hart want to break some kind of news on their podcast together that they're starting, then so be it. So on one hand, I love the fact that these guys have their own platform to kind of be themselves, show their personality, show that they're more than just basketball players and reveal a side of themselves that that fans don't always get to see. I think that's really, really helpful for fans to try and relate to them better and maybe embrace them a little bit better. And sometimes that can't come across all the time in the written word. When people read quotes, maybe it won't resonate with them as much. So on one hand, like it's a great thing for them to have that platform. On the other hand, I would love to tell their story for them because I think I can 
put it in a way that maybe they can't, or there are things that in this job that go beyond just breaking news that I feel like I can add value. I'm sure you feel like you can add value and other journalists feel like they can add value as well. That's kind of where I stand on the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, my mantra has always been tell the stories for the people that don't have the voice to tell it themselves. Like they now have the power to do it on their own accord. And I think it's really helpful because sometimes you don't get access to players at a certain time, like an altercation, like Draymond Green having his first sit down after everything that happened with him on his podcast, like getting his insight on something that we might not be able to know is extremely helpful and valuable. But I also agree with like, I think there has to be a balance. It's a weird thing to kind of navigate, but I honestly do think that it's an important thing to have, especially in situations where there are things that need to be cleared up. Like if there is something that is said wrong or incorrectly or whatever, these players now have the platform to tell it themselves. And I think that above everything else is what's most important because as journalists, we strive to do everything the right way, get the story right the first time and all of these things. But even when there are mistakes and some journalists don't have all of those ethics or whatever and misconstrue something on accident, on purpose, there is a opportunity for the players to now clear it up if they have a podcast or whatever. They can go to social media. And I think players recognize the balance that's required too. At least that's the sense that I get. All right, Chris, we're going to take a quick break, but I got to put our subscribers on to something new. For our listeners, if you like food and drinks, and who doesn't, Cleveland.com is breaking new ground with our lively new podcast about dining and drinking in the greater Cleveland area. The hosts talk about the latest foodie happenings, joined by the most in-the-know experts in town. It's called Dine, Drink, C-L-E, and you can find it anywhere you download podcasts. Give it a listen, quench your thirst, and feed that appetite. When we come back to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast, we're going to discuss the importance of the Cavs not making a move at the trade deadline. But before then, become a Cavs insider and interact with me and Chris by subscribing to Subtext, sign up for a 14-day free trial, or visit cleveland.com backslash Cavs and click on the blue bar at the top of the page. If you don't like it, that's fine. All you have to do is text the word STOP. It's easy, but we can tell you that the people who sign up stick around because this is the best way to get insider coverage on the Cavs from Chris and me. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. The Cavs didn't make any moves at the deadline, and we talked to president of basketball operations, Kobe Altman, after the deadline passed, and he said basically the same thing the Cavs players have been saying from the beginning. They're happy with who they have and didn't want to disrupt the chemistry of this organization. And Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, and Sam Merrill all played their parts in the win against the Nets. Dean hit three threes. 
Isaac racked up three blocks, six rebounds, and two three-pointers, while Sam added three triples of his own. These were the players that have been on the other teams' radars for the trade deadline, and they showed exactly why the Cavs need them on their roster. Don't you agree, Chris? Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big part of why they took the approach that they did at the deadline, Ethan. I think role acceptance and role delineation is really, really important for a team that has championship aspirations. And, you know, I think given the limited resources that they had to begin with, given where they were up against the luxury tax, and given that J.B. Bickerstaff is having a hard enough time working with the rotation that he has when full strength or close to full strength, I think that all contributed. And like if the Cavs were in a situation where the eighth guy in the rotation just wasn't giving them what they thought they were going to get from that guy, then I think maybe they would have been acting with a little more desperation or more urgency, if you want to put it that way. But George Niang is doing the things that he was brought here to do. Sam Merrill has given this offense a completely different dimension. His movement, his cutting, his three-point shooting, his gravity, all of that stuff has elevated the Cavs to a different level, and it has allowed J.B. Bickerstaff and this team to play a different kind of style, and it's hard to take Sam off the floor. And the same thing goes with Karis LeVert, bounce-back season. So it's like, if they had guys that weren't living up to their role or weren't thriving in the role that they were put in, then it's probably a different scenario. But when you feel like you can get contributions from the top 10 guys in your rotation and the top eight of them, it's consistent production, it's consistent impact. It's hard to look at the trade deadline and say, well, there's something else out there that we need or there's something else out there where we should give up assets to bring that into our organization. I mean, this Cavs team is on an eight-game winning streak, which is the longest active streak in the NBA. 16 and 8 on the road, which is the best in the league. They've won 16 of their last 17 contests and have the best record in the NBA since December 16th, going 21 and 4, which was the day after the injury announcement was made that Evan Mobley and Darius Garland would be out for extended periods. And the world was shook. Now, the Cavs have reacclimated the two starters into the scheme that has worked and haven't lost a step in the process. Just three more games until the All-Star break with two at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. But before they can return home to Cleveland, the Cavs will have to travel to Toronto to face the Raptors for the first time with their new lineup, possibly even including Spencer Dinwiddie and Kelly Olynyk, who the Cavs still don't like, who were picked up at the trade deadline to go with R.J. Barrett and a couple of others who were traded from the Knicks in the OG Ananobi trade. So, Chris, with all that being said, can you tell me how important or how much you are looking forward to the All-Star break and how that could help this team catch a little breather and also for yourself? Well, the Cavs don't need to worry about Spencer Dinwiddie for Toronto because he's not going to play a single second for the Raptors. He's going to get release so that they can save money and they don't have to pay him the bonus that he would be getting shortly. So he's somebody for Cavs fans to potentially keep an eye out for when it comes to the buyout market. Now, there are other contenders that are probably going to be interested in him as well. And if the Cavs convert Craig Porter Jr. 
from a two-way contract to a standard contract, maybe they don't want to use their other roster spot that's currently open right now and fill that with a point guard also. It's something that the Cavs will have to kick around. In saying that, like, I don't know that this all-star break comes at a great time for the Cavs. <laughs> I mean, if we look at the way that they're playing at both ends of the floor, and look, there's things that they still have to figure out, right? I think the exciting thing for the Cavs when evaluating this team is that they feel like there's still room for organic growth. And like with Evan Mobley and Darius Garland getting more comfortable and more reps and more time together on the court and J.B. Bickerstaff getting more time to figure out his rotations and how to divvy up the minutes and all that kind of stuff. There are things that they need to figure out, but the way that they're playing offensively and defensively and the momentum that they've built over the last basically two months, I don't know that the all-star break is is happening at the best possible time for them. If anything, it might interrupt their flow a little bit. But for me, I'll take it because at this point, I'm kind of like running on fumes. And I think you see the byproduct of what the schedule becomes for a team that gets to go to Paris and has that like long stretch, long trip overseas because they are packing these games into the schedule. And it's one after another. It's home, road, home, road trip. It's just a lot for the Cavs. And on one hand, like again, they're playing great basketball and I don't think it comes at a great time for them because it can interrupt their flow and their rhythm at the same time. You can kind of tell in talking to the guys that they're ready for a little bit of a break. It's something that they need to recharge, get some energy, and really try and make a push in the second half of the season and see if they can navigate it away where they're going to be playing their best basketball going into April and May because that's ultimately what their goal is. They don't want to peak here in February. And Donovan Mitchell has talked about that repeatedly over the last couple of days. He's like, hey, look. It's early February. This is great. We should be proud of the way that we're playing because we're doing it the right way, because we're sharing the game, because it's competitive basketball and selfless basketball. But like, this can't be our peak. We have to find another gear, especially when we get into the playoffs, because that's ultimately how the Cavs are going to be judged. And everybody knows that. Yeah, and I don't know how I missed the Spencer Dinwiddie being waived to avoid the $1.5 million contract bonus, but he's been active on Twitter today, and he also is at the Mavs-New York Knicks game, and I just saw a video of him talking to uh, Mark Cuban (laughs) and uh, also liking on Twitter that he might want to go to Los Angeles, so... We'll have to see what he's doing because that man is, uh, he's not being as cryptic as LeBron. <laughs> Let's say that. I mean, look, if you're the Lakers, you're probably going to pursue him. The 76ers, I think, will as well because, I don't know, they made some weird moves today. I'm sure the Mavericks are also going to pursue him. Like if you're a team that has room and needs somebody that, that brings the stuff that he does, you'd be foolish not to take a look at him because I mean, honestly, he's one of the best names available on this buyout market. All right, Chris, with that being said, that'll wrap up today's episode of the wine and gold talk podcast. But remember to become a Cavs insider and interact with Chris and me by subscribing to subtext, sign up for a 14 day free trial or 
visit cleveland.com backslash Cavs and click on the blue bar at the top of the page. If you don't like it, that's fine. All you have to do is text the word STOP. It's easy, but we can tell you that the people who sign up stick around because this is the best way to get insider coverage on the Cavs from me and Chris. This isn't just our podcast. It's your podcast. And the only way to have your voice heard is through subtext. Y'all be safe. We out.